Let's talk about a struggle many of us know all too well, losing weight. Remember those days when everyone was on a juice cleanse or just basically hangry all the time? That was no fun for anyone. Well, there's a better, more sustainable way to shed those pounds. Today, I want to introduce you to Row Body. It's not your typical weight loss program. Instead of all the gimmicks, they offer access to the most popular weight loss shots on the market. But here's the real deal. They pair these shots with simple lifestyle changes, helping you lose 15 to 20% of your weight in a year on average and actually keep it off. Plus, over 200,000 people have already seen results with Robody. So what sets Robody apart? The support. They handle all the insurance stuff for you and give you access to a provider whenever you need them. And the best part, you can sign up online from home, no doctor's appointments and no waiting rooms. Say goodbye to those days of hangry juice cleanses. With Robody, losing weight is straightforward and sustainable. Take that first step today and say hello to a healthier, happier you. Kickstart your weight loss journey the right way and head to ro.co slash I do. That's ro.co slash I D O. Sign up today for just $99 for your first month and $145 a month after that. Remember, medication costs are separate. That's row.co slash I do. Hey, Love Tribe. Today's episode is brought to you by one of my personal favorites, Cozy Earth. They've got something special for all the mothers out there. So anyone who wants to shower the special woman in their lives with love and the comfort they deserve, listen up. Hands down, Cozy Earth has the best sheets, bedding, pajama sets, and more. So today, I'm excited to share that Relationship Advice listeners get an exclusive 35% off discount. Simply go to CozyEarth.com and use the promo code I do at checkout. The first time I tried their bamboo sheets, I was blown away. The comfort level is insane. I just love slipping into their seriously soft and cool sheets after a long day. And for a mom who knows that the struggle of sleep deprivation is real. Cozy Earth's temperature regulating technology has been a lifesaver. No more waking up sweating or freezing. But what really sold me is the quality of the bamboo sheets. They are by far the most comfortable sheets I have ever slept in. They are made to last years, which they have. I think at this point, I have about six sets of them. And they have a 100-night sleep free trial and a 10-year warranty. So you know you're getting something that is going to stick around. So if you're ready to prioritize your sleep health and treat yourself or the mom in your life to the luxury she deserves, head on over to CozyEarth.com and use the promo code I do for an exclusive 35% off because every mom deserves a good night's sleep. And with Cozy Earth, you can finally get the rest you need. I do podcast episode 18. Welcome to IDoPodcast.com, where fun and inspiring relationship experts, therapists, and couples share tips and advice that will help lead you to a fulfilling and happy relationship. Let their guidance illuminate your path to happiness. Are you ready to create lasting love? And now, your hosts, Chase and Sarah. Do you have a topic that you'd like to hear more about or a relationship question you'd like answered? 
Email us at info at idopodcast.com and we'll be sure to add it to one of our upcoming episodes. We're very excited to introduce our guests today, Taya and Dwayne Harvey. Hey, guys. Hi. Hi. How are you today? We're great. Thank you. How are you? Excellent. Good. Thank you. Taya and Dwayne are licensed marriage and family therapists. Taya is a certified yoga and meditation instructor and life coach. Dwayne is a certified relationship therapist and hypnotherapist with 25 years of experience helping couples. Together, they offer workshops titled Tantric Couples Conversation, Bridging Intimacy. Taya and Dwayne are married and live and work in a private practice in Santa Monica, California. We've given our listeners just a little overview, so take a minute, tell us about yourself and why you enjoy helping people improve their relationships. Well, when I was licensed as a marriage and family therapist in 1989, um, I very quickly found out that I did not have the skill set to help couples. Um, and it seemed that the most, the, the most common problem that people had was with their relationships. And I was also floundering in my own relationship, and it just seemed really odd that after so much training, I really didn't know what I was doing. And really, as a culture, we didn't know what we were doing at that time. So I set out to learn everything I could about relationships um, and became trained as an Imago relationship therapist. And um, it, I've been focused on couples ever since. And it, what's really great about it for me is that you can see the changes occur in a couple almost immediately. Imagine a couple coming in to see you and they're stuck in fear, resentment, anger. And within 80 minutes, they can be falling in love again. And that's really a very um, priceless um, experience to have. For myself, I didn't set out to become a relationship expert. But being in relationship with Duane, I've actually become a relationship expert. Um, taking what he's learned over the last 25 years and applying it to the way we interact, I experienced personal growth and deeper levels of intimacy. So in the past, I had relationships that had failed or ended rather, and I just learning techniques, ways of communicating, like the couple's dialogue, we were able to overcome. I was, I was over, able to overcome, and together we were over, able to come overcome places where we'd have roadblocks or repeated patterns where um, I... And we'd be able to find a new direction. And so... Uh, and with my work as a yoga teacher with mindfulness, I can bring that to relationships by lowering people's reactivity to one another so that they can be responsive. So it's just really gratifying to, as Dwayne said, like actually give people tools to improve their relationships. And that's what we love doing on I Do Podcast. And, and I love how you guys are doing it together, too. You, you're in a relationship and it seems like one sort of complements the other. Yeah, just like you both. Yeah, yeah, we're trying. That's why we started it is to to try to learn and find out more. Yes, it's wonderful. 
Awesome. Well, our topic today is marriage, what no one tells you. And I, I love your article with the same title. And you start off by saying, your partner is a pain in the ass. <laughs> <laughs> and and that's the first sentence in, in the uh, article. And that's really what we're going to be talking about today and how, how we can deal with that and the, the unique sort of things that that creates in a relationship. So can you talk a little bit more about that? Sure. Well, you know, the most annoying thing on the planet is another person because we're unpredictable and other people aren't us. Now, what makes that even more complicated is when we um, commit to somebody, marry someone, form a deep um, bond with someone, then what begins to happen is that some of our earliest memories of of, of dependency and connection come up basically around, you know, the, uh, when we were 18 months old, that type of connection, um, the, the attachment styles we had, the things that went wrong in childhood begin to arise and take over because the, the old brain, the limbic system, the part of the brain that attaches to another human being, the mammal brain, it doesn't have, um, uh, uh, any calendars or clocks. So what happened then happens now. So when we commit, we enter into this, this um, twilight zone um, of dealing with two time zones simultaneously, the present and the past. And, when, um, and, and, and so, so, so much of the issues that we encounter with our partner come up around that. And you talk about that there's really three reasons why your partner can really get under your skin. And one of those is close proximity. Another is dependency. And then thirdly is, is growing up. So when it comes to close proximity, you're, you're living with somebody, you're able to have to deal with them in, in a close space. And can you talk a little bit more about how that can cause you to really get underneath somebody's skin or vice versa? Well, we're different from one another. We have the fantasy when we first connect that we're very similar. And we are very similar in certain ways. But we're, we're, as humans, we're basically threatened by difference. If somebody is, because they can either, um, if, if they're very, very different from us, then they, they're, they're going to, they're, they're, there's the, the primal fear of either being destroyed by them or abandoned by them. So the idea that they're different from us and that we're in close proximity just just creates conflict by itself. But the real issues come up around dependency. Because as I said earlier, when we commit to someone, then all of our earliest memories and what went wrong about our earliest dependencies begin arising. On top of that, we live in a counter-dependent culture where we think we're not supposed to be dependent on one another. That, that's called codependency, but in fact, we, so we resist it. We feel ashamed by being dependent, but it's, it's very, very important to deeply have a sense of in, in, interdependence with one another. And then this relationship of being in this close proximity and this dependence upon one another and the, the fact that we can trigger each other in ways that are reflected from our early childhood, it really provides us with an opportunity for personal growth, 
But just like it's not fun sometimes to learn in school or to be told how you need to grow, since your partner offers that role to you, they can become very annoying. Yeah, <laughs> like a parent. Like, exactly. Exactly, because a marriage is co-parenting. We're parenting each other. And the quicker we accept that, the easier things are going to be. But it's very difficult to accept oftentimes that our partner knows us better than we know ourselves or can see things in us that we can't see in ourselves in terms of areas that we need to grow or let go of or, you know, it's very difficult to see ourselves. And in relationship, it provides us with that opportunity, but it can often come in a package that doesn't look like a present. Yes, our partner holds the blueprint for our growth plan. Plan, And by our job is by to become the partner, the person your partner needs you to become, and that really turns out to be who you're designed to be because our idea of ourselves is very narrow and compartmentalized because we've adapted and we've become good at certain things and we've neglected other things, and our partner wants us, gets frustrated by the parts of ourselves that have been neglected and wants those to be developed. Absolutely. And I think it's a a great way to visualize a relationship and go about a relationship is realizing that your partner can bring out the best in you and and you're sort of doing that to each other and you're on a a journey together to be the best people you can be yourselves and and then in the relationship. Absolutely, Chase. And often that growth comes out of conflict and struggle. So just because you're in discord doesn't mean that that's an indication that there's a problem of uh, with the relationship. It's really just an opportunity to grow individually and as a couple and have that journey that you just described. Yes, conflict is, is predictable and necessary, not to be avoided. But what we need to do is find out what the conflict is trying to say and be very curious about what needs lie beneath our partner's frustration. We talked a little bit about the the problems and conflict, and so now I want to talk about how we can resolve these and, and grow our relationship. You guys talk about visualizing as a, a, a part of this process. Visualizing in the sense that idealizing your partner, falling in love is a process of idealization. And it's not necessarily accurate, but that's okay, because the, the attributes that we give our partner, we inflate them, and we think they're better than they are, and they think that we're better than we are. And this is actually a really wonderful thing that we should never give up. So to idealize your partner is, 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 is a very important um, just daily practice. The next step really is to, after you visualize, is to really appreciate your partner for for the things they do. Yes, sir. The way the mind works, you know, in the Darwinian sense, is that we're apt to remember the negative things that happened more readily than the positive. So for every one, for every negative comment or experience with your partner, you need five positive experiences to combat that one negative. So it's really important to 
fertilize your relationship with as many positives and, and appreciations, you know, just like saying thank you for making coffee for me this morning as um, much as possible in a relationship to create a strong foundation. What's, what's not commonly understood is that appreciations are the opposite of criticism. And what a criticism is, it's an attempt to get a need met. But it's a childish need attempt to get a need met. It's like an infant crying and making their parent miserable by making the worst sounds they can possibly make um, to get their needs met. It just doesn't work if you're a ch but, but it worked when we were children, so we, keep, we do that with our partner. We make them miserable thinking they'll want to then meet our needs. So criticism doesn't work. But inside criticism, embedded deep within criticism, is a desire. We have to locate that desire and, and, and ask for that desire to be met. And this is where appreciations come, take, play a part because actually it's the opposite of criticism and it's a very subtle hypnotic form actually of sculpting your partner's behavior. The more you appreciate your partner, the more they want to please you. You appreciate them for doing one thing and they want to keep doing it. You criticize them for doing something and they're going to keep doing it. Not because they're, you know, trying to make you miserable, because you're, you're suggesting on, a, on, a, on an imagistic level that they keep doing the thing you don't want them to do because the brain can't understand the logical no, all it does is see imagery and it follows imagery. So when you provide positive imagery with appreciations, the chances are they'll be doing the things that you want. When you provide negative imagery by telling them not to do things, they're still going to do those things because the imagery is there. I love it. That's such valuable information with, with real-world solutions to creating a, a better relationship. And you talk about no criticism. It goes to the, the old saying of, if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say it at all. Isn't it funny? But mom was right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's so ironic, but that's so true. And another thing you talk about is change in eliminating the biggest things that create displeasure in your partner? Yeah, it's, it's important to be curious, not defensive, about the things that, you're, that frustrates your partner. And, and, and to do as much as you can um, in, to, to adapt your behavior. We have to think of our, uh, transcend that from right and wrong and look at our partner's needs as their as their own sensibilities. I often tell couples that your partner is allergic to certain things. Because of their background, um, there, there are certain things that they can't handle. It doesn't make you doing these things that irritate them bad, but to get to know your partner better is to learn more about them. Like if you had a child who was allergic to strawberries, you wouldn't give them strawberries anymore. And so if you learn that there's a certain word or phrase that, that triggers your partner, it's very important to protect them from that. And a lot of times we, we feel like, well, why should I do that? Why should I have to change my behavior uh, for my partner? It's because they are entrusted to, in our care. It's our job. It's our responsibility. I, I love the analogy. Find out what they're allergic to and then stay away from it. <laughs> Yes. Yeah. Like really creating a playbook that's best 
for your partner, you know, knowing their likes and dislikes and enhancing the likes, the things that bring them pleasure. Do more of those things and less of the negative. Absolutely. And what do you find is the most common reason couples struggle in their relationship? Well, it's just as children go through a series of developmental stages, so do relationships. So the first stage of relationship is the honeymoon phase, and that's when couples are inflated with love hormones like oxytocin and dopamine and serotonin, and each partner can do no wrong. They love to do the same things. They eat the same foods, and it's a wonderful time of romance. And just as a child moves out of infancy, so does a relationship. And the relationship moves out of the honeymoon phase into the power struggle. And this is a necessary stage of development. And the couple finds themselves, oh, wait a second, my partner is different from myself. And in that um, time, it can seem very threatening for each partner because they are either um, afraid that in this difference they'll be abandoned or they'll be engulfed by the other partner. And this is often time where partners struggle, um, but they can navigate through this time period towards a greater, deeper commitment. And that was, that's the third phase. It's, it's common to hear that the complaint is, you're not the person I married. You tricked me. Um, I married this wonderful, attentive person, and now you're um, you know, always working. And it, it, it's important to know that the person you were attracted to is their real self. The person that they become in the power struggle is, is just their is the way that they are behaving um, as their adaptation. It's the way they behave their whole life to protect themselves. And our job then is to see through that and provide each other with the optimal conditions so that we can, re- so that we can, we can become that person again. See, falling in love with all the, uh, the, the love hormones and it makes us really very, uh, like, like super people in a way, but that's a sneak preview of who we're really meant to be once we do some of the psychological work that just inevitably comes. So, you know, a lot of the problems arise when people don't expect um, conflict. They're surprised by it. And then they're they're really misunderstanding one another. Most conflicts are based on misunderstanding because we assume that we're speaking the same language, but we're really not. We're so different, and this is so difficult to comprehend how different we really are. The words that have certain meanings to me have completely different meanings to Taya. We come from different, every family is a different culture. Holidays, something as simple as orange juice or or just waking up in the morning um, has completely different ramifications to one person to the other. So we have to be very curious because we're, we're almost like anthropologists working in the field, discovering who this person is on a daily basis. And that's why it's really important also to keep the reactivity low, um, you know, in, in a mindful way that uh, if 
your partner is doing something different than you, it's not a cause to react or to be anxious. I mean, to, to really to get out of the power struggle, it's really about containing your anxiety that the other person is different. And so you can learn about one another instead of entrenching yourself into your set ways and being defensive. And when that happens, you're not even listening to your other, your, your partner and more conflict can ensue. When, when we get reactive, when we get upset, um, when we get hurt, we're actually very stupid. Yeah. Because the old brain takes over and shuts down all of the, the cerebral cortex and most of the neural connections that, that uh, stimulate our creativity and our thinking functions. So when couples are, are upset with one another, nobody's thinking properly. Everybody's regressed to an earlier childhood stage and, or a more primitive state. And so it's really important to go into these conversations um, relaxed and calm. And we have structures in terms of couples dialogue to help couples do that. But Taya's um, background in mindfulness and her training there really, really is very important for teaching couples how to stay above water, so to speak. Because if, if they do get triggered, then all bets are off. They really, they, 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 they're acting um, um, as if they're intoxicated. Yeah. Because... You have to stay in the, behooves you to stay in the present moment. Um, once you get triggered, you, and your, your old brain, your limbic brain, brings up all of the files, conscious and unconscious, of any time you've been hurt or betrayed. And so then you're not even just dealing with your partner, you're dealing with years and years of memories stored in this older part of your brain. What I often hear is that couples complain that, well, she's just projecting onto me. That's how her ex treated her. That's how her mother treated her. But the, the fact is that the buck stops here. We are responsible for all those relationships in the past. Everything that went wrong in every primary relationship of their life, it's our job to repair. So much great information there. Now we are going into the his and her round where Sarah and I each ask a question that's on our minds. Sarah's up first. Okay. All right. Well, my question is about hypnotherapy, and I've always been interested in it, and you know, I've never done it before, but how can uh, hypnotherapy help with couples and their relationship? Well, the relationship between hypnotherapy and mindfulness um, really isn't as commonly known as it ought to be because hypnotherapy is really what you might call guided meditation. And so I begin every, every session with um, a guided meditation that, that helps them center their physical presence, let go of thoughts they don't need right now, let go of feelings they don't need right now, just a progressive relaxation. And then I help them visualize what their intention for this relationship is. So they can go in in, in, in a very quiet place and summon up um, their 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 conscious will. So it's 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 very similar to meditation, except that it's it's a much more suggestive. I actually say that Dwayne hypnotized me. <laughs> <laughs> 
When we met, yeah. Yeah, and I'm still under his spell. <laughs> well, some of the best hypnotism isn't, is, is just narrative hypnotism. It's just the way you talk and the yep. timbre and the way you're suggesting things. I said that appreciations was a subtle form of hypnotism because you're, you're just subtly suggesting positive things that your partner does by telling them that you like something and that repetition is a form of hypnosis. So there's nothing mysterious about it. It's, it's, it's just a way of, of, of focusing on the things that you want. Do you do the couple together or do you do one at a time? I do them together. I do everything together if they're available. That's great. But we don't work with couples together. We've done workshops together. That's great. Awesome. Well, that kind of leads into my question. Okay. You guys are both relationship experts and and deal with couples, and you just said separately. But I was wondering how being so involved in in other people's – not other people's relationship, but making other people's better, how that sort of affects your relationship and, and how you guys sort of navigate that? Well, for us, it's a way to find new and creative ways to continue to make our relationship better. Um, so, for instance, you know, we've done workshops with Tantra which is really a form of yoga. It's like a, a partnership love, yoga. Love yoga. Yeah, love yoga. And a way of another level in which couples can explore and bring deeper intimacy into their relationship. So by us working together and working with couples, we on a journey together, we're looking for ways and deepening our understanding to, um, just as you both are, of how to bring more love to others. And for me, the word that comes to mind is gratitude. Working with struggling couples um, r- just really, really just makes me so grateful that that Taya and I, we work together, we in, in the same place, we're, we're passing in the hall, we're having our meals together, we're going to bed at the same time, we're waking up at the same time, we, our dates, indoor dates, outdoor dates, our sexuality, everything is just, it, it's, it's, it's very important, we put that as the top priority, and so working in this field, you know, makes us um, very vigilant around the connection. We're always, always um, um, aware of 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 whether uh, of the positive connection, and when connection breaks down, and repairing it as quickly as possible. Oh, I love it. I think that can really relate to that too, because like you said, we're trying to build our relationship, and and we build it off of what are these experts are are helping us, giving us advice, and then a lot of times there are we talk about topics that maybe are not so, I don't want to say depressing, but, you know, about struggles that people have in their relationships. And it makes us feel grateful for each other that we don't have to deal with that right now, but hopefully we can help people with that. Right. And also I want to applaud you for what you're doing because 
there is so much information out there. You know, um, as Dwayne said, like 25 years ago, their couples therapy was really kind of just emerging as a field. But with all of the research in neuroscience and understanding how the brain works and that our brains are actually wired to be in connection, to be in relationship, and what they have found, the fact that you guys are, you know, reaching out to these experts and compiling this information is an invaluable resource. Yeah, thank you. Thank you very education much. Education is, is really what's lacking, um, you know, accurate education, because often um, conventional w- wisdom is the opposite of what needs to be done in relationships. Frequently, like psychology has not been very useful in it, individual psychology has not been useful at all in working with couples. For instance, when in conflict, a rule of thumb is to do the opposite of what you feel like doing. Well, individual psychology has taught us to do what we feel like doing, but that just gets us in the same old primitive reactions. Yeah, and, and that's uh, our goal here is to, to get the, the correct information out there for for ourselves, you know, is why we started it because we couldn't find anything else. But now we want to share it with uh, with all of our listeners. And we applaud you. <laughs> Thank you. So now it's time for our favorite part of the interview, the lasting love round. We'll ask you a series of questions and you'll respond with great information to help set the foundation for a lasting relationship. We love it. Our listeners love it. So, Taya and Dwayne, are you ready to help us build lasting love? Yes. Uh, Yes. (laughs) All right. What's one thing couples can do on a daily basis to help improve their relationship? Feed the addiction. The early part of the relationship where our brains are swirling with dopamine and this is what one of the major complaints is that as relationships mature is that it's not as exciting. And love is an addiction. Just the dopamine is the same neurochemical that's stimulated with the use of cocaine, alcohol, or exciting events. So to do things together that are new, novel, exciting, to have adventures, to to be sexually adventurous, and to and to really find. Um, new ways of exciting your partner. Well, and also re-romanticizing, you know, during that honeymoon period, doing the, remembering those activities that you did to, with each other to excite one another, um, you know, maybe it was a massage or for Dwayne and I, we would go on long walks together and as we, you know, get, we got married, we have a daughter, those became less frequent, but those things are important to keep rekindling our love. So bringing back activities that you did during the honeymoon phase into the duration of your relationship will also bring a surge of those love hormones again. Remember that you forever, you are boyfriend and girlfriend. Mm -hmm. And you must act that way. I love that thinking. Is there a book or resource you can recommend for couples? Um, Two come to mind um, that we recommend quite a bit. Um, Wired for Love by Stan Tatkin and Getting the Love You Want by Harville Hendricks. And one more, if you want to just spice up uh, your sex life a bit, you can check out Dawn Cartwright. She has an online series uh, for tantric sex. 
Great. Thank you. Well, those uh, books will be on your show notes page on idopodcast.com so our listeners can go there and find those awesome recommendations. Okay. Great. We're getting married this year. Is there any advice you would give engaged couples or newlyweds? Just enjoy each other. Just, you know, relish that, that special time in your life of coupling. Soak it up. Just yeah. really, really memorize all of these positive things. But know that before marriage, um, a lot of the positive behaviors that you do with one another come naturally. Over time, they won't be natural, and you have to do them whether you feel like it or not. We often wait for the feeling to do uh, something, but how, how many things in life do we feel like doing it before we do it? It's that's putting the cart before the horse. Yeah. You, you act, and then you feel it. So if, if you're not feeling romantic, do things that um, will, will make you feel romantic. And know that conflict is predictable and necessary and to welcome it, to be curious about it rather than defensive. And instead of pulling back from it, lean into it. If you could give just one single piece of advice for a successful relationship, what would it be? Put your partner first. You know, they're, they're your number one in your life. You know, that means no secrets. You know, your partner is your greatest confidant. And that goes to when things are tough also. Um, it's really common for, you know, a woman to go and talk to her girlfriends or her mom about grievances that she might want with, might have with her partner, for example. And that really actually drains the energy from the relationship and it doesn't really solve any of your, the, the problems that the woman or the man might be experiencing. It's important to go to your partner and communicate and talk things out instead of bringing in a third party. Yes, absolutely. And what I would add to that is always give your partner the benefit of the doubt. Um, and that means when, when, there's, when, when you can interpret an event or an action on their part, always choose the positive interpretation because the brain will go negative automatically and a positive interpretation will actually, even if it's wrong, it can actually have the power of converting their motivation. It's kind of like a reverse paranoia. Always expect your partner to be trying to please you, even if it, they don't look that way. Well, this interview has been, just been so insightful, and we've really enjoyed hearing all your advice you've given us and our listeners today. So let's finish by having you tell our listeners where they can find you, and then we'll say goodbye. Well, our website is imagomatch.com. I am a... G-O-M-A-T-C-H. And that's where you can get most of our information. And um, it's been a real pleasure. Thank you so much for having us on. Yes, thanks, Chase. Thanks, Sarah. And you can also visit me at teaharvey.com. That's T-H-E-A-H-A-R-V-E-Y.com. You can find your the same website. Awesome. Well, thank you. And our listeners can find all the information and links of today's episode on idopodcast.com. Go to the podcast tab and you'll be in the archives. And thank you again so much for your generous knowledge and for taking the time to come on our show today. Thank you, Sarah. Thank you, Chase. Okay, bye. Thank you. 
Are you interested in learning five ways to improve your relationship on a daily basis? How about five tips for engaged couples or newlyweds? This information and more is our free gift to you when you go to idopodcast.com and subscribe to our mailing list. Thank you so much for joining us today on I Do Podcast. Head on over to idopodcast.com for full recaps of every show, relationship resources, tips, and advice. Your path to a successful and lasting relationship awaits you. Are you ready to create lasting love? listening to a pleasure podcast for more from our sex podcast collective visit pleasurepodcasts.com